Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Big Footy Tiger Cast. Tonight's not going to be about Richmond, although we probably could delve into a little bit if we wanted to, but tonight's episode is a special one based off a Facebook post I saw from my cousin-in-law. I'm not sure if that's a term, Cass, but we'll, we'll run with it anyway. Um, that you made last week after the Taylor Harris image came out. Um, and the negative comments surrounding that, and I said on the podcast last week that I've seen that image hundreds of times now, and I still can't work out what the negative comments could have been. Um, it was a fantastic photo, but your post was pretty powerful. It was an yeah. open letter to the AFL. Um, you wanted to get a message across, and I thought I'd like to help put a bit of a platform there for you to get that message out there because it was, yeah, it was really powerful and it hit home on a lot of fronts. And it wasn't just AFLW sort of targeting; it was the men's comp as well with some of the issues going on there too. Um, so I thought I'd get you on to talk about it. So Cassandra Rowe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no drums at all. Now, before we get into it, um, maybe just give everyone a bit of a background on your footy journey so far. You've yeah. obviously been playing for quite a long time. So what's your football resume and history look like? Oh, it's a long list at the moment. But um, yeah, so I am currently 20 years old. Um, I started playing football around the age of seven um, in a boys comp. Obviously, there was no girls only competitions around then. But very competitive with my brother, and when he started to play footy, dad was always there, mum was always there, I got dragged along, so I said, no, I want to do football as well. And I tried a lot of other stuff, I tried tennis, dancing, but nothing really stuck, and as soon as I kicked a footy ball, I was like, yep, this is perfect, this will be good. So um, I played for uh, Pearsdale uh, Backstar Junior Footy Club, I played most of my juniors there until about... 14 um when they did sort of essentially kick you out um and I was lucky that girls competitions were starting to pop up around that time so I played um around a couple yeah about 100 games at uh Pearsdale then I jumped over to Turidan played a couple seasons there managed to get 150 games there then jumped back uh, jumped more into Frankston League uh, at Frankston Dolphins. Uh, I managed in that time to be a part of a few representative sides, such as Southeast um, Interleague, Frankston Interleague. I was a uh, captain to a tour of New Zealand um, for an Anzac Day exhibition match against their national team. Um, then a couple of years ago, started I played. Uh, my first year of women's a year early, so when I was 17. Um, did that, got into that swing, and now I've jumped over to the MCC FC, which is the Melbourne Cricket Club Football Club, um, now playing two years there, um, and I'll hopefully play my 200th game this season, <laughs> which is pretty cool. It's a fair resume. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> going back to the juniors, obviously I coached in juniors around the same time you were playing, and yeah, you're right, the cutoff point was about under-14s, uh, then the girls virtually had no home to go to, but you were obviously very lucky that the women's comp was starting up a little bit around that time. But when you were playing with the boys, were, was it an inclusive environment, or did you sometimes feel like an outcast? Or how did that all play out? Um, it was very much in the days of... It was very uncommon for females, and especially young girls, to be playing football. Um it always depended on the coach you had and the teammates around and what their parents were like. For most of my junior footy career, it was pretty good, but there were a couple of incidents 
couple of years where things weren't as inclusive as I would like. Of course, I was the only girl at the whole club. Um, but, yeah, some things were very much just – I remember vividly one season, I think it was under 11s, we were in our huddle and mum was walking across the ground and she walked past the opposition team huddle and she heard the coach of this under 11s boys team say to his players – if she thinks she can play our game, then we'll show her. And that's one of those things that has always stuck with me. <laughs> um, and knowing your mum very well, I can't imagine that would have sat very well with her. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But it was also, my parents were getting asked, why are you letting her play football? She's never going to go anywhere with it. What's the point? And of course, back in those days, that was a giant possibility of, well, maybe no, I can't go anywhere with it. But it was still something that I'm learning teamwork and resilience and hard work, getting fit, that kind of thing. So most of it was pretty inclusive. I even remember I was asked by an umpire one day to leave the ground because I had a green sports bra on under my jumper. And that was against uniform regula- regulations and the club got a fine for it. Wow, that's pretty pretty sad, really. Yeah. Uh, what, what age group was that? Um, that would have been around 11s, 12s, 13s, somewhere I mean, there. You'd like to think we've progressed a bit further since those days. Yeah. Uh, amongst all of that kind of stuff, though, did you ever come close to pulling the pin on footy due to all the external factors? Um, I would like to think that my parents kept me a little bit more sheltered away from it. They definitely told me that it was happening and that people aren't always as inclusive. And, you know, you're in a team surrounded by all these you know, 12-year-old boys that don't really understand why you're there playing with them. Um, but I definitely at some point thought, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to put in this hard work? How much do I actually love it? And I think that was the point where I really sat down and thought, no, I really enjoy playing footy. And so I'm just going to keep at it. Hopefully something will change and something definitely did change. We've now got AFL women's and that's the, the inspiration that I was thinking about way back when I was 10, 11 years old. And then, so jumping back to what I said off the top, the the reason why I got you on is for the Facebook post you made about the Taylor Harris photo. Yep. It, obviously, your post had a lot of passion behind it, um, and it obviously what the comments were made an impact on you. What was the driving factor in making that post? What were the emotions you were feeling when you saw all these negative comments coming out towards Taylor? Um, well, I'm the sort of person where even on, on and off the footy field, if someone says something, I just brush it off. Yeah, whatever. People can say what they want to say. It doesn't really, I don't usually let it affect me, but I don't know what it was, whether it's all of this stuff has been building up, but something just sort of hit a bit of a breaking point. And I remember I went to bed early that night because it wasn't feeling well, had a headache, but I woke up at 2am or something and you do the typical thing. You roll over, scroll through Facebook on your phone for a while and I saw more of these comments on this photo and I just thought, why are these people saying such negative and derogatory things about someone that's clearly an amazing athlete? I just, it sort of bubbled up and then all these thoughts are going through my head and couldn't sleep properly. So I got up the next day and I sat down at my laptop and I just started writing. I was never intending to post it anywhere, send it anywhere, but it ended up being about four word pages. Um, And, yeah, I just thought, look, if I can get this out there and even if it maybe makes one person out of all the people that would see it um, change their mind or maybe not necessarily change their mind but make them think a little bit more about these comments and why they would say these comments, then that's great. So is it largely aimed at the trolls 
uh, aiming their comments at female football? Is that what it was kind of all based around? Yeah, it's sort of, in my opinion, especially with this photo, there is sort of two separate issues. You have the derogatory and the sexist comments towards Taylor, which no one likes anyway. But then you've also got people that may not have been exposed to women playing football before. Men's footy has been around for ages, and women's footy coming in is a brand new thing that a lot of people aren't used to seeing. So I don't think they were being trying to be hurtful on purpose. I just think it's more they haven't had that exposure and that understanding. So if I could get that out there and maybe expose one person, then that would definitely help. <laughs> and what was the main point of your message? So if you had to explain it from scratch. What was the, the main purpose and what was the main message you want to get across to people out there? My main message was mainly that it's amazing to see that these women are out there playing this sport, doing what they love They're amazing athletes, of course they are, and definitely I don't think personally that they're trying to be men or that they're inferior if it's a different sport. I definitely think that I've heard a saying, mimicking is the highest form of flattery, and it was it's these women's way of showing that they're thankful to all of the men players that they've seen before because they've inspired them to take up such an amazing game. Um, But I also think that it was I don't want to always point blame at people like I'm not I'm not going to say I'm a man hater and it's always men making these comments and that sort of stuff and I think it's really important to say and get out there that we need to be supporting each other when it comes to footy and taking this AFL women's competition further instead of really comparing the two of them because in like in all honesty it's the same sport they're doing the same things same skills so I really think it was more to just get people to take a second step back and think maybe why why are they having these thoughts why do they not understand why don't they like it and people are of course entitled to their opinion 100% I'll never go out there to change a person's opinion but I just think that it's that respect that I really wanted to get out there of you can not like it that's perfectly fine I personally don't like cricket I find cricket boring but I'm never going to use that as a basis to tear someone down cricketers are amazing athletes as well but i will never say that it's boring you know they can't play sport they need to stop and why do you think it is that people don't like aflw because it's been i suppose the main comments you see flying around is it's low scoring the skills aren't as good as the men um i think people that's their main argument but I know. On the skills front, I think it's kind of invalid because the women haven't been in that high um, professional environment for as long as the men, so that's they need to look at that part. But what, what other reasons do you think people might have to not like AFLW? I think it really comes back down to it's something different. And in today's day and age, when something different pops up, it's immediately shut down as it's weird, it's not what's supposed to happen. This game's for men, but... In terms of, like, the skills, of course, AFL Women's has got a long way to go in terms of the skills to even match the men, but that's fine because it'll take a while. If you go back and look at the very first games of men playing AFL, they weren't exactly as slick as they are today anyway, but I definitely think that, yeah, like, in terms of the skills, they're going to get better. They just really need that support. And it's always people making comments of, oh, women can't do this, women can't do that. And there's nothing written anywhere that says, oh, women cannot play the same sport as men. No, exactly right. And I think the skills have improved from even last year to this year. 
Uh, what about the scoring? That seems to be the most contentious point. Do, do you think the scoring is low compared to, say, the games that you play locally? Um, I reckon they're pretty on par with local um, women's footy at the moment. You know, we played a game a couple of years ago, I think, and it was you, you would come up against a team, it would be a pretty hard-fought game, which is why it was so low scoring because the teams were quite even. It's not like, you know, every kick's going out on the full and that's why it's a low-scoring game. But you would come up against teams like we did last year. We bet a team by over 200 points. Wow. That, okay, that's huge. Yeah, so it's definitely – you can have it either way. And I think it's just because it's low-scoring doesn't mean that it's not interesting because they're having these um, fights around the ground in terms of getting down, picking the ball up, and it's that desperation that's keeping the ball in a certain spot. Like, they're not kicking it out on the full. It's not, you know, going from side to side the whole time. They are trying to get it down there, but it's just such a hard-fought competition that it takes a little bit longer to get down to scoring ends. Now, all these comments made on social media happen almost on a daily basis. You go to footy training a couple of times a week. Is that something that you girls talk about, and does it impact the rest of the playing group? Um, I think... Uh, well, my team at the moment are a group of girls that haven't been playing footy for that often. So I think for them, definitely, it just sort of brushes off our shoulder because we know we love what we do. And I would say this for a lot of other women that are playing football. We love what we do. We know that it's making us fit. We're working as a team. It's definitely something we love to do. So they do roll off our shoulder a little bit. But I think... As I said, I've been around this football culture for a real for more than half of my life, um, and it does just sort of build up. You keep seeing these comments over and over and over, and it gets to the point where you ask yourself, when is this going to change? Because this isn't okay. Yeah, and I think that same question is probably asked on multiple levels, and crossing over to the men's side, even with the racial stuff and the mental health issues, do you see the same kind of trends forming on both sides? With where, Where's it going to stop? Yeah, exactly, because I think there's a big issue in the men's AFL as well in terms of there was a comparison made on Taylor's photo that was, oh, you know, men get this kind of hate and they suck it up, they don't complain, they have to cop it. But we're starting to see a lot more now in the AFL that copying it only lasts so long. You look at, um, you know, uh, Majak Dor, Jesse Hogan, even Trent Cotching came out saying that he's been battling with anxiety and mental health and that sort of stuff. And it, anxiety is a silent killer. It doesn't care if you're male, female, black, white, whatever. People can be affected by anxiety. And I think that the issue in the men is that if you are affected by anxiety, it makes you weak, which isn't the case. No, and that was probably the one thing that I thought Taylor did really well is she fought back on Twitter, on I think she went on a radio show um, and, and things like that and actually stood up for herself, which I thought was really good to see. Is that the path that players, both men and women, should be taking or do they kind of just have to sit there and, and ride it out as, as bad as it might be for them? Or would you, would you rather see them fight back? I personally, like it comes down to they are public figures um, they are, in, for lack of a better word, like football celebrities. They're on TV a lot. People know who they are. You know, they can walk down the street and someone will recognise them. So they are always in the public eye. But 
I think that the more they speak out and the more that they support each other, the further that we will progress. You Because you look at, say, um, I think it's Ben Brown from North Melbourne, I think. He loves going to watch the North Melbourne AFL women's. He takes his kids to go watch, and he's a big, big supporter of it. And I think the more we can have overlapping of AFL and AFL women's, of the women supporting the men, the men supporting the women, I think that'll definitely make a difference. Which I think the clubs have actively tried to do as well by having joint facilities and training programs and things like that. So they definitely are, but I suppose they need the buy-in from the supporters as well. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the supporters, so today the grand final was on between Adelaide and Carlton at Adelaide Oval, and they drew, I think it was 56,000 people, which is tremendous. Um, But you see that figure posted on Twitter, and the first three or four comments following every time were, well, if they had to pay to go, would they have got 56,000 people? And as harsh as a question it might be, it probably has a little bit of a point to it as well. Um, What do you think about that aspect of the women's footy? I think if they did have to pay, of course you would lose some people that might drop off because, you know... Free stuff's great. Like you can go watch a free game of footy. That's fine. So some people would maybe drop off, but I would be happy paying ten bucks entry to a game of AFL women's footy. I'd be happy even play, paying the same as the men's. Like I have no issue with that personally. I think some people might, but I think the more that the AFL women's keeps progressing, keeps getting better, they're going to draw more supporters in, and I think that a large majority of those that support base would be happy paying to get in to see them. And I think that given that this game, I think wrongly, was slotted in just amongst a round two round of men's mm-hmm. football, I think they did fantastic to draw that crowd. Do you think the AFL need to look at restructuring this a little bit so that the AFLW Grand Final has its own airtime, it's unique, it's on its own, and, and everyone gets a chance to tune in? Yeah, I think that it would be great if it could have its own airtime. Again, you have to look at it logistically. Can they actually do that? Can they restructure the men to make it work for both? Um, I'm not sure because, of course, I have no idea how much work goes into all of that. But I think having its own day would be fantastic. I think it would be something really special as well because these women don't get a long season like the men. They only have a couple of rounds. So... It's something a little bit more special for them if they – and the AF, it'll, it'll make them feel special from the AFL. If the AFL say to them, yep, you've got your own special day, we're going to really work around this, you know, celebrate our women's footy players the same way that they do with the AFL men. They have uh, like a um, parade and everything for the men and the day after presenting the cup and that sort of stuff, I think they can really look at – doing that sort of stuff for the women as well. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and what about, for the, I don't want, haters is probably a strong word, but there's a lot of people that just have their blinkers on and just won't adapt or won't buy into what the AFLW is trying to become. What do you have to say to those people? Oh, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. As I said, I'll never go out to seek to change someone's opinion. People have their opinions for different reasons. Um, but I just think that people need to respect a little bit more in terms of people need to respect that people aren't going to like AFL women's, but then I think people that do support AFL women's also need to respect that some people just aren't going to like it. You can't please everyone. You can't change everyone's opinions. As I said before, my I don't like cricket, but my partner really likes cricket. And so 
we'll sit there and we'll watch a game of cricket and he's happy as Larry. But then I say to him, I'll sit here and watch a game of cricket with you if you sit and watch a game of footy with me. And he doesn't like footy, but he'll still come out and support and he respects that I like it. And I think that's the way forward to looking at this sort of issue of people that are sort of hating on it, being online trolls. That's fine if you don't like it, but that doesn't give you the right to sort of drag these athletes down. And before we finish up, what about a a word to any of the younger female audience listening out there? How much better are the pathways now for young girls to progress through the ranks to get up to the potential AFLW standard now compared to what you were used to? Oh, when I was playing football, there was no pathway. And now you look at the pathways and you start at local and then you've got TAC Cup, you've got V-Line, you've got VFL Women's, you've got um, the... I play in the Victorian Amateurs. They have representative sides as well. There's so many different pathways now out there and we always say to our like our girls and young women we want them to be confident and we want them to accept themselves but girls can't be what they can't see so we really need to support our women and our older girls in terms of keeping them going so they don't drop off at 18 and say oh well no I don't want to do it anymore um but I think it's really important now with all of these pathways coming through it's fantastic to see um there's so, so much more, and I'm so jealous that I'm not, you know, 10 years younger again, that I could go through all of these pathways. Yeah, it's definitely opened right up now. Um, I suppose the other pathway as well, which you participated in the other week, is you can even play for your country now. You played in the Gaelic International Rules Series the other week, didn't you? Yeah, that was fantastic. It was an initiative um, exhibition match between the Victorian Amateurs and the GAA um, sort of state Gaelic team that they have. And we played a game of international rules down at Alstonwick Park just uh, on um, St. Paddy's Day weekend, which was absolutely fantastic. It was such a laugh watching all of these AFL players try and kick, you know, a round ball, which we were all horrible at. But it's just a bit of fun and it's just another way to play a game and a sport that we really enjoy and we really love. No, it was real, I went down and watched, and I thought it was a great spectacle, and you girls did really, really well. Um, it was actually quite a close game. So yeah. <laughs> there, you, there you go. To all the young girls out there, there are pathways. Um, and just above all else, go and enjoy your football um, and do it because you love to do it. Um, and to anyone else out there who's doubting AFLW or anything like that, all you have to do is just watch it and give it a chance. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But don't don't troll people on the internet, I think, is the, the main message. Yeah. We don't need to see that kind of stuff don't try and make a hero of yourself because you know someone could be having a bad day and it turns from one thing into another and we don't want that with our star athletes and we definitely don't want to deter people from wanting to play this great game cassie thanks so much for coming on tonight really appreciate it and hopefully we can get your message out there for all those young women around the the country wanting to play footy awesome thank you very much Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!